Hey everybody, before this episode begins, I wanted to give a quick mention of a competition Justin and I are going to be putting together. Tonight's episode is all about best ball leagues. Well, I'm going to run a best ball league with some of those that have already helped make this show what it is. Tonight's guest, Mike, uh, previous guest and sometimes co-host Justin Spear, future guests, Brandon Marianne Lee, Chris Whitman, Tyler Gunther, and Andy Mateer, as well as pod spotlighter Mark Hill have already joined. There are still some open spots. Stay tuned to the end of the episode, and I will give details on how to get those invites to get into this competition. Back to Fantasy Insanity. I am your host, John Bosch. Tonight I bring on someone who is an expert in the uh, subject he came in to talk about. If you've uh, listened to any podcast where they've talked about MFL 10s, you have probably already heard him. But he's coming on here to explain it because I've never played in a best ball league. So I have lots of questions about it. I'm hoping that he can give me the inside information so that when I do jump into this type of fantasy football, I'm obviously never going to lose, especially if I'm playing against him. So, uh, four for four writer Mike Margosian, I appreciate you joining me tonight. Oh, thanks, thanks for having me, John. Yeah, uh, definitely, I uh, love those best ball leagues, and uh, yeah, happy to talk about them. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I uh, I have heard I've heard you talk about them quite a bit, which obviously makes me want to play them. So, I I have some more questions about them than. Uh, you know, just the minute that you might get on some other podcasts. So yeah. <laughs> we'll give you, uh, I should mention, not just 4 for 4 writer, but uh, also the Mike, uh, or the Margosian minute on the Bullrush, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think so, guest appearance is there. Yep, so uh, I start everybody out the same way. When did you start playing fantasy football? Uh, so I actually started, actually my first fantasy sport ever was I did fantasy basketball. I started okay. that in the probably the early 90s I was about 10 and my brother was doing a couple of years old than me was doing basketball you know using the paper getting the USA Today and doing manually doing the scores and I kind of joined his league for a couple of years and that kind of broke me into the fantasy sports and then I started doing fantasy football probably around 94 95 we did it a couple of my buddies and I did some you know pen and paper did it the hard way for a couple of years and then Right around 96 or so is when the Yahoo League started. So my, I, was, I entered high school around 96, 97. So we started doing uh, the fantasy leagues there, and I've been pretty much doing it ever since in different, uh, different forms. Yeah, it sounds like you started out just uh, in the, into the football at about the same time I did. So, yeah, it, it is a lot of fun. I'm curious, how successful were you as a 10-year-old playing a fantasy sport? <laughs> oh, I got, I got destroyed. Uh, <laughs> I was picking, you know, all the Celtics players, you know, didn't know half the other players in the league, you know, just doing complete, complete homerism and just got destroyed. <laughs> Were you even allowed to stay up and watch the games? <laughs> uh, just on the weekends. <laughs> just on the weekends. So you just wake up the next morning, your old brother would tell you, nope, you lost again, huh? <laughs> yeah. Give me, give me 20 bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is some brotherly love right there. Very nice of him. But he got you He got you into it and got you started and put you on the right path. What, what is a best ball league? Yep, absolutely. 
So in general, there's different types of them, but just in general, best ball league is just like your regular league, except you don't pick the starting lineups. The system automatically picks your best starting lineup. So if you have a guy on the bench that goes off in a normal league here, the system will automatically put him in for you. So it just takes all of that sit and start guesswork out of that. So there's different different types of them. There's, you know, the the basic form of them is the draft only, kind of like the MFL tens, where you're just drafting and then there's no waiver wire, there's no pickups, no trades, nothing is you just draft a team. You have the same team the whole year, and then the system automatically picks your best team each week, and then the most points at the end of the year wins. And when did you transition into playing best ball? Yeah, so I started, I played about five MFL 10s, I think it was 2013. Uh, I found out about them late in the summer, didn't really know what they were, just played a few, kind of forgot about them. I won one of them, so I had a few bucks in my Fantasy League account to play. So then 2014, I played uh, 40 of them. You know, just $10 one. So I played $400 worth. So I put a few bucks in there, but really got into the analytics of it and the numbers of that. I'm a big numbers guy. So really dug into it, you know, made a pretty crazy Excel tool where I really was pulling down different ADP data, just doing it all manual and just really got into it and did really well that year. So then last year I did, uh, I think the final count was 72 of them. <laughs> still, still doing my tool and everything. Yeah. This is this is the definition of insanity, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so seventy-two of them. How many how many drafts did you have going at one time then? I probably averaged in a given week seven, eight of them going at the same time. Wow, I don't I don't even know how you how do you keep up with that? <laughs> just, I mean, are you constantly making picks? Yeah, just basically just kind of do them in chunks every couple hours, log in, make a few picks and check it and stuff. But nice. uh the worst part is it's an eight-hour timer that does not turn off overnight. So, oh, okay. if you go to, so if you go to bed at, let's say, 11, and you get up at 7 or 8, you might have missed your pick if you didn't pre-draft your players. So basically from the end of February, beginning of March, till July, I made sure I got up and didn't sleep in. and <laughs> just, it was it was brutal so <laughs> it's kind of a relief I, after the the draft season's over i can sleep in a little more yeah I, I can't i can't remember the last time i slept eight hours so that <laughs> i don't i don't think that'll be my issue but uh so so when does the draft season end obviously at some point they stop these because they are you know basically no in-season management how long does it run till yeah they run it until probably about mid-august and then they actually do about a week of kind of speed drafts where they they drop the timer down to just a couple hours just to try try to cram a few more in but they yeah they end up the last one is about you know a week or so before the the uh nfl season kicks off so are you exclusive to my fantasy league then or i I assume are there other sites out there that do this kind of thing there are some out there that do some i've never kind of gotten into that i've kind of just stuck with the MFL ones, because I can kind of pull, pull the ADP data. There's a lot of, you know, other data out there now that kind of focus on the MFL 10 setup. So I kind of just stuck with that. And just for the simplicity's sake, so I'm not going to different sites or, you know, different settings, just kind of have it all normalized. So are there different kinds of leagues for best ball? Or is it all just, you know, standard one quarterback, two running backs, three receivers? Or is there a variation depending on what you sign into? So on the MFL 10 site, they actually standardized it. It's all the same setups. 
but different uh, money levels. So they have okay. $10, $25, $50, and $100. So that, that ADP that you're getting then is going to be completely genuine across the board because there's, it's not pulling from different formats. It's all pulling from just one format then. Exactly, exactly. And then, it, you know, especially recently, the last, you know, this year has gone crazy. Last year, you even had a good amount, just so many more giraffes. When I was doing them in 2014, especially in the beginning, February, March, April timeframe, there weren't that many giraffes there. So the ADP data was a little, little wonky. Yeah, uh, I, I will say uh, I'm, I'm dipping into it this year. I, I've never done one. I have signed up with uh, commishtalk.com. He is uh, Justin Spear. He is running his $4 challenge, which those are all going to be best ball leagues. So I encourage people to seek that out. That's a real cheap way to go ahead and test out these best ball leagues if you've never tried one. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to trying it. I'm too cheap to jump into an expensive one to try it. <laughs> I have no doubt in my mind. Once I try it, it's gonna be it's gonna be an, another part of my addiction. There's just no way around it. It, it sounds super easy, you know. Just make your picks and kind of that's it. I love doing drafts, so why wouldn't I want to just continually doing drafts? I, I assume that you're aware that you're addicted, right? <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why my Twitter handle I have addict and rate yeah. in there. You know, I've I've fully fully acknowledged it. My wife knows about it. She was happy I've won a couple years in a row. So you know, it's uh, funneling some money into the family. So it's good there. So yeah, <laughs> yeah when you can, when you can turn your addiction into something that's profitable, that definitely goes over a lot smoother. I'm curious, did you ever play like online poker in the past? I never did. I actually never okay. got into that. I do love poker, but I've never really, you know, dug too much into it, even though I know what you're hinting at, whereas a lot of the former online poker players transition over to fantasy and doing all yeah, that. It's kind curious. of the same, mind, same mindset. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're pulling that information, you know, you're analyzing it as it's, you know, you're using your skill to yes. analyze it and do it. Uh, I assume there's <laughs> I assume there's no threat to best ball leagues, is there? You know, the threat no. that DFS, has there been talk of that? No, it's the same threat that regular fantasy has. Okay. Gonna get roped into it, but it's nothing different than a regular fantasy league. They're not I don't think it's anywhere close to being roped into DFS. Okay. So that's that's good. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. We yeah. don't want we don't <laughs> want that to go anywhere. So do you play any DFS as well? I do. I do. Uh, strictly football. I, no, actually, uh, let me take that back. Uh, I have played basketball and hockey in the past. actually done pretty well in those, but I've kind of tailed off from them. Just, you know, a new job and, you know, the MFL 10 kicking back up. I've kind of trailed <laughs> off that. <laughs> so. Well, those drafts get in the way of that daily fantasy. Yep, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, I'm assuming it's kind of, this, again, a similar mindset of just kind of trying to capitalize on where there's a weakness in the market, you know, and exploit what other people are failing at. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, I've used a little little plug here, but the, the DFS tools on 4 for 4, you know, just give the value and just slicing and dicing data. It's just I was using that a lot last year, even before I was hooked up with them. And that, that helped a lot. So just as much data as you can get, as any DFS player knows. I'm preaching, yeah. preaching to the choir there. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you can plug away all you want because I think anybody that's looking for advice on an MFL 10, I think the first person they're going to go to is you. So <laughs> obviously, if you're going to go to Mike, you should go to 4 for 4 and look for that information. He's got it up there. Have you ever wondered if there's a way to make 
like a best ball league into something that would be a long running league, like a dynasty league or something like that. They're, they're actually, I'm actually in a few of them. There's been, oh, okay. a, yeah, we started, uh, Nathan Powell started one, uh, last year. It's called the M- MFL 10 that never ends. Oh, you know, wow. We got the never ending story, uh, logo on there, the movie and everything. Huh. And, uh, <laughs> so that kind of kicked off and then there's, I'm in a few other ones actually doing the rookie drafts right now for, for those. So it's the same same exact setup as a kind of an MFL ten, or, but it's a dynasty setup. So how do you handle like the rookie draft? Then do you take players off of your previous roster, and then select, how do you, how does that work out? Yep, yeah, you have to uh, you know cut your cut your players to get down to how many picks you have, and then you okay. kind of make your picks. And then we actually do two kind of waiver periods: one towards the beginning of the the season, and then we do one in season waiver round around like week seven or so. So the, the whole the whole point is to being uh, minimal effort. Yeah. That's kind of the main benefit as a best ball is you can kind of just look at it, you know, if you don't want to, to do much, you know, you can look at it every, you know, month or two and be fine. So how does one of these leagues start? Do they all start with a draft, you know, the long-running draft where you get the email the alert saying you're on the clock? Or is there an option to do an auction so that you have a chance at every player? Uh, for these, we've done just strictly draft just for simplicity's sake. Cause as you know, as an auction's a little more involved and not everyone likes auctions and everything. I, I love, love I, I love auctions. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. So, so these, we just did strictly snake just for kind of simplicity and, uh, nothing fancy. It's a typical, typical dynasty setup there. Okay. So then once you, once you've gone through the draft, you've got your roster, you're, you're finished. But there is still, of course, the league that has to be played. How many roster spots do you typically get? What's the typical lineup look like? Yep, so these we've done just this kind of the standard QB, two running back, three wide receivers, tight end, flex, uh, no defense, and definitely no kickers. No kickers, yes. <laughs> you can't have kickers in <laughs> Dynasty. That's, that's brutal. You but, can't uh, have kickers anywhere anymore. Yes. Oh, my God. I, every year in my home league, I put it up for a vote to remove kickers, and it gets shot down hard yeah i i'm in uh i'm in two leagues i i run one with the kicker still hey we haven't gotten rid of it but it, it's definitely so it's it's well it's a salary cap league we'll talk about that one yeah, in yeah. a future episode but uh yeah we haven't gotten rid of it because people still have some sign long term what am i supposed to do about that <laughs> we'll, we'll figure that out on the next episode so it was great uh, uh mfl 10s used to have kickers oh yeah 2013 and 14 they had kickers how would you, how many kickers would you have to take? Because I mean, kickers change over like crazy. There's one team in the NFL might go through three kickers. Oh yeah, that was the whole debate. That was actually a pretty big uh, kind of d- Twitter debate. There it was two versus three kickers, and the hard part was you're drafting a team early, like you're yeah. drafting in March. There's they the might not even make the kicker, team. Yeah, exactly. It's kicker battles. I had a couple teams that had no kickers. They got hurt, or they you know got cut, or it was brutal. You might take Tampa Bay's kicker and then all of a sudden watch the draft and they take a kicker in the second round and you know you exactly. don't have that guy. They really screwed. <laughs> <laughs> so once you've got, you know, it, it, it chooses the lineup, how does, it, how does it score throughout the year? Is it a head-to-head? Is it total points? What's the scoring end up looking like? Uh, for the best balls, they're pretty much all total points because okay. it's no interaction. And, you know, you're not setting your lineups and everything like that. There's no kind of gamesmanship. So the points kind of make sense. You know, just the, the best team wins and kind of go from there. So no playoffs then? It's just nope, straight nope. all the way through? And is it just for 16 weeks? I assume they yes, don't include yes, week 17. Just 16, yeah. Okay. 
So okay. most do, you know, either top two or three. Uh, on the MFL 10s, the $10 leagues do just top two. So first gets 100, second gets their money back, 10 bucks back. But the 25 to $100 levels actually do the top three. So they okay. kind of, for some, for some reason, just for those dollar levels, they kind of give you the top three. But, uh, because, because people can't tell their wives, oh, honey, I didn't place in any of the $100 leagues yeah. I played in. <laughs> At least I got so, my money back in one. There you go. There you go. <laughs> then what's the, what's the typical scoring format look like? You know, I assume it's standard across everything as well. There's no customizable scoring, is there? Yep. Everyone just does pretty standard, you know, the PPR, no, no premium, no tight end premium, you know, none of that, you know, no super flex, which, which is fun sometimes in best ball. Kind of the, the, the dynasty uh, best ball we've done pretty just, you know, vanilla. You know, kind of the, the crazy part is the best ball with the dynasty kind of mixed in. Yeah, that league sounds very interesting. I, I think once I once I test out the best ball, I might have to find out about about the best ball dynasty. That, it's it's that, definitely that, that a different. Fun. Yeah, it's definitely a different mindset because you need depth. You know, you need those. You just got to load up on the wide receivers. You never know which one's going to have the big week. You know, you're not just kind of rolling with you know two or three running backs. You need a bunch of them because they kind of hit or miss and different yeah. weeks and everything like that. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I'm sure. So we're recording this right after the NFL draft just took place. Yeah. I assume you were doing drafts before the real NFL draft started, correct? Yes. How does that affect it as the draft's going on? <laughs> so there's, it's funny. I actually wrote an article about that kind of like, how do you handle drafting during the draft? And I figured out two years ago that I absolutely hate it. <laughs> absolutely hate <laughs> drafting during the NFL draft. People which, was, which player screwed you during that draft? Yeah, exactly. You, it out. <laughs> you take a guy, then all of a sudden they took, a, you know, you, you draft a Marco Murray, and all of a sudden they take in Henry right then, or, you know, that kind of thing. Or people sit on their pick because it's an eight-hour timer. Mm-hmm. So I'll, you know, they'll, they'll finagle it so the first round's going on, and they'll just sit on that. And then someone will get drafted, a surprising draft, and they'll grab them. And that kind of thing. So that just annoys me because I don't like to sit on the number, sit on the pick or anything like that. I'll rather just make my pick and, and move on. So I've, I've learned the last two years, last year and this year, I just time my drafts. They all end before the NFL draft starts. I kick off my drafts again, like a couple of days after the NFL draft ends. So this year going into it, uh, we don't really do too many play, too much player talk on this podcast, as you know, but uh, I am curious with the draft that just took place, how are you reacting to that? You know, who are, is there a player that just like, oh, that's it. He's going to be first now. I'm assuming Zeke, uh, well, well, Zeke might went, go way he, faster. Yeah, Zeke was going in kind of the late third, early fourth round, you know, usually more in the third round prior to the draft. Now he's lucky to fall out of the first round. Wow. That, 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 is, that is a huge jump. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that's how he's going to be everywhere. I mean, the, the one auction that I'm in right now, he, sh- he just skyrocketed. I, I think he might be higher than Gurley, which makes sense. I mean, I'm betting yeah. on him. I'd love, to, I'd love to get him. So, you know, he's, he's gonna, you're going to have to pay through the roof to get him. But yeah. So as you're going through the season, you know, you don't have anything you can do. Uh, it, I assume that you have been involved in leagues where you're in a league and there is just an absolute stud that is not being played. How often does that occur? Yeah, like uh, Dion Lewis. You know, yeah, that's, exactly, Dion Lewis. Yeah, I mean, he was barely drafted in NFL 10s last year. So for those for those setups where it's the regular, you know, redraft kind of 
one one year leagues like those guys just not owned so it's they're very very minimally owned so it doesn't really affect a whole lot because no one else really has them yeah but then you have guys like freeman and uh you know, OBJ, you know, two years ago when he broke out, he was being drafted in like the 17th, 18th round of the NFL 10s. So you saw all the winning teams had Freeman, you know, in the 10th round or like OBJ, you know, Freeman last year, OBJ two years ago, like in the 17th, you catch one of those lottery tickets and it just catapults you. As long as you have a decent team around that, just it helps so much. How do you, how do you, how do you try and catch one of those, uh, you know, those lightning bolts, like you said, do yeah. you try and diversify like some, you know, I want to take this many flyers on this many guys on, you know, this particular guy, but I'm not going way more than that. Cause I'm not risking too much. How do you handle that? Yeah. So, you know, early on, er, like kind of the first half of drafts, you know, you kind of get a little heavier to certain players because you kind of know what they are. But as you get later in the drafts, it gets more lottery ticket ish. You know, you have your guys, of course, but I definitely try to diversify and spread that around because my goal isn't to win every single NFL 10. That's not possible. My goal is to win, you know, if I win 10% of my break even, so just to win more than 10% of them. So I'm, you know, in the, in the, in the black there. So just by scattering some of those lottery tickets, like I said, weighted a little bit towards the guys you like a little more and probably avoid, I, you know, I do completely avoid certain guys. I think they're just complete crap but <laughs> who, who is that for this oh year my God, I, yeah, to avoid? I know as soon as i said that i'm gonna i'm gonna blank i'm completely blanking on who, oh that's all right avoiding, but uh it'll it'll come back to you who you yeah, have yeah. avoided at all times yeah. <laughs> you're, you're just hiding it i can see it he's yeah, hiding yeah. it he's like you know what john what else to draft him. john's gonna jump in one of these leagues and i might be in it and i want to i want to just laugh at him and light him up when he drafts that guy yep <laughs> If you were, if they were to ever make a change that did allow you, like each team to make, you know, maybe one waiver, would would that be something that you would think would be fun? Still, I mean, it would kind of defeat the purpose of zero management. But can you it's, imagine what it would be like with just one change that you're allowed to make in season? That's yeah, no, I know, yeah, that's definitely has a positive, but that's scary for people that do tons. I mean, there's guys that do, you know, I think the top guy last year did a couple thousand drafts. Yeah, it's crazy. He's already done, I think, 200, 200, 300, or if not more. How can you yeah. even have time for that? I mean, yeah. it's just, I, I know, I know making a pick doesn't take that long, but I mean, you've got, he's got to be making, I can't even imagine how many picks he'd be making in a day. Just the constant interruption in your daily life. Even it, yeah. Well, it's just, funny. It's, uh, yeah, it's this crazy. guy, Aaron, Aaron H. Everyone, everyone kind of knows him. You see him on the leaderboard there. He's always, a couple years in a row, he's been the top guy. He doesn't really do interviews. He's not really on Twitter and that kind of stuff. But he's he did one interview, just kind of a, a written interview, and he said he's he has his guys. He kind of knows his rankings in his head, and he just quickly goes on and he can make the picks quickly. He doesn't really analyze a whole lot. Doesn't look at other teams. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of look quickly looks at his team, see if he needs you know need anywhere. But he says he just does it. You know, in the morning, does it at lunchtime, and does it at night, and just chugs through. It's impressive. Wow. That, that is impressive. How do you how do you go about it? Do you look at other teams that are coming up in the draft? You know, say you're picking ninth. Do you look at who's coming up so that you can try and plan two picks at a time, or do you strictly go best player available? So towards the first maybe third or so of the draft, uh, you know, I 
pretty much go strictly best player available with, you know, my team in mind. I'm not going to go, you know, seven running backs or seven wide receivers. I'll kind of keep it a little balanced. But like you said, if I'm near the turn, you know, from the nine, 10 or 11 pick, you know, or the two, three, four, kind of right in there, that range, you know, towards the eighth, ninth round late and later where quarterbacks and tight ends start going, I'll look at those other teams. Cause like you said, like you kind of hit on there, if a team has already taken two quarterbacks, I know they're not going to take another one. Maybe they'll take a third one, but last round, but they're not going to take a third one in the you know 12th round. So I'll look at that and then you can kind of plan where you're taking one or not. As you're going through this draft, I, I got to believe there's constant tension of I'm taking a player that's coming back from injury and it's so yeah. unknown at this point. What, what is that like, you know, and, and how do you evaluate where this player should go? How far, well, I'll go ahead and take the risk. I mean, people were doing that with Arian Foster, kind of the beginning of the drafts, where they thought he was going to sign with the team pretty quickly, kind of during the free agent period. So people were taking him in the seventh, eighth round, you know, really early. And now he's slipping to like the 18th round because, you know, they don't think he's going to, you know, do a whole lot. So those guys, I pretty much avoided Foster because, you know, that injury oh, and taking notes. Uh, do not yeah. draft Arian Foster. <laughs> I will have him nowhere, yeah. nowhere, nowhere, yeah. nowhere this year. No, anywhere, he'll, he'll but, uh, watch. You watch. He'll sign somewhere, somewhere, oh, yeah. and he'll have like an awesome four weeks, and that'll be it. Yeah. that'll be it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But that's that's actually probably you know, ideal for best ball then, because then you're getting so much value out of those four weeks, and then it doesn't matter if he doesn't do anything else, right? Yeah, I mean, if he can get a guy in the fifteenth round and later that puts up four weeks, that's you know RB one or two numbers for four weeks, you're golden. That's uh, that's all you need, all you want. Are there any players over the past few seasons that have kind of exhibited that behavior of, hey, we are awesome two weeks a year and terrible the other weeks? There's certain uh, guys, you get like a, you know, a D-Jax and, you know, some other guys like that that are kind of a little boomer and bust. You want them you get in those, you know, just few weeks, you know, especially wide receivers. Those are kind of the, the main ones that kind of do that like a Tory Smith or something might put up a couple of good games and then just kind of be middling the rest. Cause with best ball, you know, if you're, if you can start, so you can start three wide receivers in the flex, you can start four. If your guy's always putting up fifth wide receiver numbers, even though he's a half point behind them, doesn't do you any good. It's might as well put up a zero, not like a regular league where you can sit and start and you happen to pick the other guy and it's, Oh, it only got you a half point difference. It didn't make a difference. You know, he's cracking your lineup. It's the decision and everything. But this is, you know, like you might as well have a guy that's on the IR. It makes no difference if he's not cracking your starting lineup. Does that cause you to, instead of taking a player, you know, like Torrey Smith, who is always going to be maybe a solid play, you know, I don't know the scoring system, but say he gets 10 points a game. He's never going to be great, never going to be terrible. He's always going to be right down the middle of that road. Does that cause you to avoid players like that and take more flyers on players that, you know what, this guy might be just an absolute zero, but he also might go all the way to 100? Yeah, so it's kind of a mix of that. You kind of want, all the way through your draft, you kind of want that mix. You want like the, the Julian Edelman who will get you the, that 15 points a week kind of mix with, the uh, you know, trying to think of a good example here. Jordy Nelson's probably not the best, but me like a Randall Cobb, will, he'll get you some of those weeks. And then some of those weeks will do a whole lot of nothing. So you kind of want a mix of those guys because if you go all of those guys, they might all go off in the same week and you kind of wasted that. And some weeks they'll, they'll all do nothing. It'll hurt. And since it's a point league 
versus a head-to-head, that can really hurt you. You don't want to have those just really bad weeks. So doing that throughout your roster, kind of having that balance of some boom-bust guys, whether they're, you know, you got them cheaper, you got them, you know, early in the draft, you definitely kind of want that mix. Yeah, so so Jordy is a perfect example of my next question. Uh-oh. What do you do when you have Jordy Nelson on your team already and he is done for the season before the season starts? Uh, it hurts. I mean, I had a lot of a lot of Charles last year, you know, a bunch of Bell, a bunch of Jordy. I had a lot of Jordy, a lot of Foster. But I survived. I mean, and, I, I won and, some of, and some you, of those. And you leagues. profited last year? Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> That's because everyone are, had those too. So, yeah, last year, last year was just brutal. That that is the scariest thing to me about best ball because I have terrible history with injuries. <laughs> For some reason, I I get a guy on my team and they're like, "Hey, I don't need that ACL anymore. I'll just go shred it. Why not?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I know I'm an injury magnet, which which is what kind of makes me fearful of a best ball league. But at the same time, I'm also intrigued by. I like the idea of hitting on a lottery ticket. I don't play the actual yeah. lottery, yeah. <laughs> but fan, the fantasy football lottery, that, that appeals to me for some reason over, you know, it, it seems like a lot more fun. You obviously have studied this in depth. Yeah. You have your tools up on four for four. Yeah. What are, what is involved in those tools? Yep. So uh, I kind of hit on it earlier. So a couple years ago, I created this Excel tool. So I was pulling down kind of the draft ADP you know, pulling because MFL has really good uh, EPI calls. You can kind of pull their data down pretty easily. They kind of set it up for that. So I pull down all the different data, do a lot of Excel stuff. I, I pretty much live in Excel for my career. I've done that <laughs> off and on different, different jobs, always in Excel. So I do tons of manipulation in Excel and I created different, different uh, ADP data and kind of tracked it over the weeks and everything like that. So I did that tool two years ago, and then last year actually kind of stole it to some people, kind of had a little little mini business going on there. So I did that and then hooked up with the 4 for 4 guys this year. So I'm working with uh, Josh over there. His team and the dev teams are kind of creating these different tools over there kind of based on my Excel tool that I had. You know, it's kind of taking it to the next level, making it a web tool which I was definitely was not able to do. I'm not really a, a programmer. So he's doing, so he kind of has two different tools over there. One's kind of like a draft planner, which is kind of cool. It's kind of different. You can put in what pick you have next and then select four or five players. So if you're picking, you know, mid second round and you put in Jordy Nelson, Keenan Allen, Sammy Watkins, it'll actually show when you hit submit, it'll actually show, the percentage of the draft that that player is available at that pick. So you can kind of see, hey, Jordy Nelson's available, you know, with a 2-4, 80% of the drafts. So, so you pretty can good kind chance of know the getting. odds that you might be able to hold off and, and yeah. get a player later. Yeah, so you can kind of do that, especially for the later rounds. It's how often does he slip and, you know, that kind of thing. Or he's there, you know, 2% of the time, so no chance of getting them. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see how that would be extremely helpful. That is that is very very a very nice tool to have. You know, that's beyond just ADP. That you know, this guy usually goes in the third round. Yeah. The actual likelihood of it happening gives you even a little more emphasis on it, which is definitely very very nice. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious with all the ones that you do. Do you also have a tracker for you know your player percentages that you own? So that's what. Yeah, I had that in my Excel file, so I was tracking that pretty extensively. Uh, so this year, because with the four four tools, we're actually 
Josh and kind of the team is working in works for, can't, can't promise, you know, what exactly <laughs> is going to be finished and when, but they're working on tools integrated with, you know, the NFL 10s to be able to pull over some of those player percentages and all that kind of thing. So I actually have not been tracking it yet. So I'm being lazy in case, you know, just to make, just to, if that comes through and it's available and kind of makes it simple, you know, save myself a lot of time. But if not, I will go through, you know, over the summer where I really start tracking the percentages and really kind of diversifying everything. So I, but I kind of know in the top of my head, you know, hey, I've gone a lot of, you know, I realized I've, I have a lot of Funchess, which is probably not the best, best idea. So I've been avoiding him pretty much in all my drafts recently because, you know, I definitely want to diversify a little bit. Oh, make another note. Yep. <laughs> it's not pass on Funchess if Mike's I'm, after I'm, me. It'll co- the, he'll come back to me. Of, I think I'm the only fan of Funchess, so it's probably not an issue. Yeah, it, it, it probably wouldn't be. I don't think I would actually be taking him <laughs> anywhere. So I'm guessing there would be any other wide receiver that I would take before him. But yeah. <laughs> here, so you've got your tools up. I think, is there anything else really about the MFL 10s that we're missing? So the, so the tools, yes, that's pretty much what we hit on. There's, there's an ADP on uh, 4 for 4 where it kind of tracks, gets updated uh, kind of automatically, nightly, pulls the data over and then actually shows kind of groups by two-week segments and shows kind of the change in the last two weeks, the change in the last four weeks. You can kind of see how guys are shifting, you know, especially now with the rookies and everything. You can see how they're jumping around and everything. I'm sure there's big adjustments made. How many drafts are going on at a time on MFL? Do you have any idea? It's hard to tell. There was a flurry in the beginning after the Super Bowl when they opened up. There was probably just going on maybe – 60 70 going on any time you know that's in different stages in the draft and everything like that but once the the summer kind of kicks off and it's going to definitely start ramping up now it'll definitely be in the in the, the hundreds going on at the same time easily if not more now do you happen to track other users you doing such a high amount do you do you scout other users i'm imagining you run across the same users repeatedly you kind of follow them and look up their other teams and say, ah, oh, this guy takes this guy in this position. I don't. That seems like that's a lot of work. <laughs> it does seem like a lot of work. I'm a little lazy. But uh, the problem is that all the volume guys that I'd run across a lot also diversify. So even okay. though you know, they might take a Keenan Allen or a certain pick, you know, three out of five times, I'm not sure which which draft he's going to do this time. What he's going to do. So it's it's a little tough to kind of profile a player when you're drafting against them that many times. Are there are there players that don't diversify and just say, you know what, I'm going all in on this, trying to get this same roster every time? Uh, well, it's funny enough the, the this guy guy Christo who probably did the best last year did not diversify that much. So he kind of went all in. He did a, had a lot of uh, Fitzgerald, I think a lot of Baldwin, Delaney Walker. Devontae Freeman? Of, I don't think he had a lot of Freeman, actually. Wow, that's surprising. Yeah, he's kind of survived that bullet, but he had, hmm. like, his Doug Baldwin in, like, the 15th round in a lot of, a lot of wow. drafts. Which is yeah, that's, that, that's huge. So he's, he kind of, yeah. He's probably not around in the 15th this year anymore. No, I, think he, I think he's going to top of my head, like, you know, 7th or 6th or something. It's crazy. Yeah, so there's different kind of two different strategies for if you're going volume. Do you want to diversify and kind of hedge your bets a little bit? You know, you're kind of limiting your limiting your ceiling a little bit, but you're also limiting your floor. Whereas, you know, you know this guy Christo, he 
you know, kind of went for it. He hit, I think he won, I think he entered 40 and won like 20 or something. It was crazy, crazy amount. It was wow. crazy. He did crazy well. But if those guys, you know, some of those guys hit, you know, if Fitzgerald didn't, you know, have a great season, Baldwin didn't hit, you know, he might have won, you know, two of them, you know, didn't really, you know, dig into his, his drafts or anything, but he was definitely swinging for it. Whereas, you know, like I was kind of hedging a little more. I'd rather, you know, have an, I had an ROI of like, I think it was like 92%, which was, you know, I'm very happy with it. I did really, I did really well, but, you know, I think my max I probably could have had, it was like low 100s where he, you know, had like 200 something percent. Yeah. I, I don't think I could handle the, the all in strategy yeah. <laughs> on, on one team. That would be, I already watched football with enough of, uh, oh man, how did that affect my team? I'm hoping I get to the yeah. point where I have so many teams that I get past that and I just watch football yeah. for football. Yeah. <laughs> but I, if you have that much money involved in it, you know, on just like one player having to do super great, I, I don't even think I'd be able to watch that player play a game. Yeah, exactly. That's, what, that's And that's what I love about diversifying completely is I just, yeah. I mean, I track the overall scores weekly to see how I'm doing, but I don't really look at the players because I kind of have everybody. So in different percentages and at different values. So it doesn't really, you know, matter who necessarily goes off in a given week. So I'm not stressing at least for the NFL 10s. Yeah, I, I think that's the strategy I'm going to have to take, at least when I'm <laughs> testing it out until I become this super expert that can pick yeah. out that Doug Baldwin's going to be great in the 15th round. I, once I get to that point, then I'll be set. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to take a little break here for the podcast spotlight segment. I want to thank Mark at Mark Hill 321 for another podcast spotlight. Tonight he shines that spotlight on another podcast that I do have in my rotation. I actually have a future episode coming out with one of the site's owners to talk about this particular kind of fantasy football. Needless to say, this podcast gets my recommendation as well. Hey guys, Mark here with another podcast spotlight. You know, this week I wanted to highlight the 2QB experience. It's hosted by Greg Smith at Greg Sauce on Twitter and Joshua Lake at Lake2QBs on Twitter. And you can also find some of Josh's uh, work on Rotoviz and 444 as well as their website, 2QBs.com. Um, they started the podcast here back in February. And uh, even though they're only six episodes in, they've already uh, had several great guests, um, guys like Brian Malone and Matt Harmon, and it's, it's really a, a very high-quality podcast. Um, they provide some you know, really great strategy, um, discussions, um, ADP evaluations, talk about streaming and waiver wire advice, uh, a lot of great things that uh, apply specifically to 2QB that you, it's just so much different than, than playing in a typical one-quarterback league. Um, I've been playing, you know, lots of Superflex here for several years, and it's definitely become one of my favorite uh, favorite formats. So it's it's great to have a podcast that's specifically dedicated uh, just to this format. So uh, be sure to go check out the 2QB experience, and uh, now back to the Fantasy Insanity podcast. Thanks, Mark, for that great review. I appreciate that submission as well. If you have a podcast you would like to review, simply record a quick MP3 clip reviewing it. Tell us who the hosts are and why they're qualified to do this podcast. Tell us why this podcast should be in our rotation. I'm happy to keep having Mark do them, but after I crush my rival's capitalist pig spirit, I fear I may not hear from him, so I might need others to participate as well. Just email your review to fantasyinsanitypod at gmail.com. 
As for the Twitter review, I'm going to go ahead and take that one this week. If you haven't had a chance to read Matt Harmon's story on Backyard Banter, do so. He posted it, a link to it on Twitter, and wow, not only was the story great, but the responses from the community were amazing. If you missed that, go back and find it. It is only tangentially related to fantasy football, but it is definitely something that makes fantasy Twitter entertaining. So that that's a great story. If you, if you missed it, go back, find it, read it, and, and read the responses. It was definitely, definitely a, a good, bright spot. Now back to this MFL 10 insanity. So with, with you doing all these drafts, how did you survive the evil of the downtime? Oh, man. So you're talking about the, during the playoffs, or what do you? The the MFL downtime, the scheduled maintenance oh my God, downtimes. Uh, let's see. That was rough because I was between jobs for one of the downtimes. Because so might as well you know insult to injury on that one. Yeah. No, already bored. Might as well. Make you just stare at a wall all day. Basically, basically. Watch NFL NFL doesn't know what they lost. Yeah. They they could have had you in like eighty more leagues. Yeah, seriously. Just keep clicking. Just keep clicking. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was rough. I mean, it was tough. Uh, you know, the last last downtime before the NFL draft, people were trying to do some trades in the dynasty leagues. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a little little rough for the NFL tens. Yeah, that was that, this is my first experience with MFL, and I didn't think it would affect me. Then all of a sudden, I went like three days without being able to see it, and I was <laughs> it was it, it was definitely all right. Come on, get back up. Let's go. Let's go. I think we've covered the MFL tens pretty thoroughly. Uh, unless yep. you've got any secret knowledge you want to distill on me you know i would would be happy to take it i was just gonna say because you you kind of mentioned like the different league formats and that kind of stuff is Mm -hmm. i actually run because i love different league formats like you and different settings and all that kind of stuff yes i I definitely want to touch on these yeah so i i I kind of run two different kind of mfl 10 style drafts i kind of do them on my own on the mfl 10 site or the mfl site so i do one i call it's the jumbo draft so it's actually the same scoring setting, settings as an MFL 10, but you start two extra flex spots a week. You got three flex spots, and instead of drafting 20 players, you draft 30. So you have 12 teams drafting 30 players. In the last one I was doing, we just wrapped it up, and in the 30th round, I drafted uh, Cordell Patterson. So that kind oh of my. tells you that the talent. There is, there is nobody left in the 30th round if you're taking yeah. Cordell Patterson. Yeah. Oh, it's my. Did you tweet that pick out with some shame? Oh, yeah. I hope. Okay. I, I tweeted out and I got a lot of, a lot of, a lot of blowback. I am sure. I am sure. That's a quarter L Patterson. He's come up twice now. He's come up <laughs> twice on this, on this podcast. Scott mentioned him. He was, what did he, Oh, cause we were talking about like Debbie drafts and how a yep. bunch of the good players were, were gone. But Oh, in the rookie league that year, quarter L Patterson was still around. He wasn't taking in any of the Debbie drafts. <laughs> Turns out there was a reason because yep. <laughs> he wasn't good at football. Yeah, yeah. So, so I do that. I do that jumbo and what, one. And what's the other one? I do an auction one. So it's. Oh, you do it. So you do yes. run an auction one. Okay. Yes. So it's. I mean, it's the exact same settings. You know, scoring settings, lineup settings, and you know, twenty man rosters as the regular NFL ten, but it's, you know, an auction. So you do you can nominate three players a day. You get two hundred two hundred dollar budget. You know, a 24-hour timer from the, the latest high bid change thing. So it, r- it runs for, you know, seven, eight, nine days. So it actually runs about the same amount of time an NFL 10 takes. But it's just freaking chaos. And I still suck at auctions. So it was, it was interesting. 
So how many of those do you run then? So I've run the second one just wrapping up right now. Uh, definitely ramp up over the summer more. I ran, I ran them last year as well. I didn't run the jumbos last year, but I ran the auctions last year. And people love them. It's so much fun. What are the buy-ins for these? Uh, the auction I do 25. Okay. I do a little, a little higher because it's a, you know, a decent amount of work managing the auction and all that kind of stuff. Whereas the jumbo is uh, 15 bucks. And now is the auction, does the auction take place on MFL? I assume you just, yep. you know, yep. you go in and you nominate three players. Yep. Strictly on MFL. Yeah. Do it right there. Uh, you know, and like I said, it's a 24 hour timer. So you can do it. You just have to check once a day. What do what the auction prices look? I mean, you said you've only, you've done two. Did the yeah. auction prices run similar or were there drastic differences? It's, you kind of have your tiers. So you get like your, you know, your studs going like the thirties and, you know, high thirties, that kind of level, you know, people, you know, want more depth than a typical auction mm -hmm. MFLs, but uh, you know, you get your quarterbacks and you know, the single digits and defenses are going like two, three bucks. You know, oh, that so kind you, of thing. You, have, so, you have defense in that one. Oh, you have, yep, there's yep. defense in MFLs. That's yep. right. So yep. how, how many defenses do you typically take? Uh, usually two, uh, three, if there's, you know, no one left in the draft that I want, you know, kind of throw in a third defense. Or if I have two crappy defenses, I might throw in a third one. How much, uh, how much attention do you pay to, to buys for different positions? Uh, just make sure I don't have the same one. That's about it. Just for like defenses, I assume you don't really worry yep. too much if you've got a couple of receivers on buy at the same week and stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's, it kind of works itself out. It's not usually not too big of an issue. As long as I don't load up on, you know, four out of my five running backs or, you know, six of my seven or eight wide receivers have the same buy. It's, I don't worry about it. I got to tell you, I am really intrigued by the auction best ball. I, I, yeah. I wish, I wish I had any best ball experience already. <laughs> I'm just not ready. I'm not ready to yeah. commit that money yet. Cause yeah. I would just be giving it to somebody else. What are the, what are the payouts on it? Is it the same as the MFL payouts? Yeah, or I, do you I set it up the not? same. So it's uh yeah, that's a 25 one is 200 for first 50 for second, 25 for third. And then the jumbo, like, Forget off top top of my head, my head, but it's uh pretty pretty similar. I think it's you know okay. one in one in change for first, and then just second place. I'm gonna have to fight the urge to jump. Yeah. I, I right right now, like I'm ready to say, I'll go ahead and put me in that. But I just I've got to learn it first, and yeah. then I'll just go. Then I'll start giving my money away in it. I think. <laughs> All right. Uh, any anything else in the MFL tens? I I think we've pretty covered it covered it. So I mean, can anyone can hit me up on Twitter? I've uh you know definitely helped out a lot of uh new people, and you know I'm glad to. Battle it to, uh, you know, help you out. You know, if you have a question on a pick or something, hit me up. It's not a problem if I'm around. So Yeah, nobody else is going to hear this. You didn't realize I'm, I'm not sending <laughs> this out there. But this is just for my personal experience until I finally, you know, this is my private tutoring session here for the, M for the MFL 10s. So, uh, I, I always ask a, a few questions that are, you know, beyond fantasy football kind of just to see if, people share the same mindsets. I find that the people that are crazy enough to be this yeah. in fantasy football share a lot of similar interests. So you get to choose one beer for the rest of your life. And it's your only beverage. You don't ever get Ooh. another glass of water. You don't get wow. anything else. All you get is the same kind of wow. beer. And I, Mike's, a, Mike's a beer addict as well. Yes. Yes. So he's, he's going to choose something wow. I've never heard of and uh, I probably never tasted, but I'm very curious. Which I'm beer would you choose? Well, 
as as you probably know, I you know age a lot of beers and whatnot, so I'm not choosing a heavy beer because the summers that'd be brutal, and you know, I just I'd probably pass out constantly. That was my only liquid, so it definitely have to be a light one. Uh, off the top of my head, I'm thinking you know something like an Allagash White or you know something like that or Hefeweizen, you know just something very light and drinkable that you can just have you know a lot of and you know kind of like the old old time uh like the caribbean and whatnot when they had the beers that were basically like water so, so you can basically like, you can be sitting by the pool slamming some hefeweizen yeah exactly exactly okay. so i'm gonna go, i'm gonna go aloe ash white which is not a hefeweizen i don't think but it's it's something like that a nice so. relaxing one then huh yeah yeah exactly so uh, a second beer related question yeah you can you have to choose between the two you get to choose beer for the rest of your life yeah or Belichick. Oh, wow, that is rough. Uh, Patriots Nation uh, will revolt. So you, is it Belichick like he never existed kind of thing? Uh no. We'll go from here on. You've already oh, got oh, to enjoy it. You've enjoyed the spoils of him thus far. Oh. We'll give you that. Okay. But you will live for the, with nothing but the memories of Belichick. Then from this point forward, if you choose wow. beer. Wow, I might go beer from this this point out. I mean. It's just, on a home stretch, yeah. If you said from, you know, never was on a Pats or anything like that, that'd be, that'd be an easy decision. You just drink the sorrows away of the downfall of the Patriots then? Yeah, they'd survive. They'd survive. They could eat, get one more Super Bowl and be fine. So <laughs> uh, with, with the MFL 10s, one thing I, I kind of forgot to ask, but something that always intrigues me is, do you name each team or does it just have like your username? So I do, you know, a little HTML code in there to get, can they give it some color. And uh, so I started this last year because the way I was tracking my teams is I was naming them. I was doing something funny, you know, have one, you know, it's a Mario or, you know, just stupid stuff like that. So this year I'm just doing, you know, just stupid little things that just pop into my head. Like one time where my wife just came back from the grocery store and had bought some cold cuts. My team is named cold cuts. You know, just, just stupid shit like that. It's just, just, it's just horrible. Well, just, yeah, when you're, when you're making up that many, so each one has its own individual team. Yep. Yeah. That, yep. that's, it, it's tough to be clever that many times. That is, yes. I that think is last sure. year I used up all my clever names. I mean, I had uh, like snow's falling and, you know, cause last, last year the winter, it was the winter from hell. So I like, there's still freaking snow. There's snow in April. You know, I just kind of went off the rails. But uh, <laughs> now this year you're looking up going, uh, Crentist, whatever, yeah, exactly. you know, so watching, watching the food network. I got like oysters is one of my team names, you know, just, there you go. Just All right. Well, Mike, I do want to, uh, I, I do want to say thank you for joining me for this obviously extremely educational <laughs> uh, <laughs> podcast for me. I did. I really, I, I've never tried a best ball. I can't wait to try them. I, I yeah. think they're going to be so much fun. I have followed, you know, all every everybody posts their picks, you know, <laughs> when they make a pick, you see it pop up on on Twitter and there are some that you're like, why would they take that person? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but at the same time, it, it it is entertaining. I I have no idea if any of the picks are good or bad. I will have to go to 4 for 4 and figure that out. I will have yeah. to get access <laughs> to the to the ADP and stuff like that. So, yeah. That, thank you for joining me tonight. I do appreciate that. We are actually going to have Mike back for another episode where we are going to talk some salary cap fantasy football. Oh, definitely. Uh, an addiction of mine, and I found out it's also an addiction of his. So thank you for joining me for this one, and I look forward to talking to you for that one as well.
Oh, thanks a lot, John. Thanks for having me. Thank, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, you can always interact with me. I am at Empire FFL. You can interact with Mike at, I don't even, I just type in Mike MFL. What, what's the actual <laughs> Twitter handle? Uh, Mike M-A-R-F-F. Mike Mar FF. Okay. I just start typing in. I don't know him anymore. I used to have, I used to know a lot of the Twitter handles, but now I just know like the names and yours is Mike MFL addict. So <laughs> like that, that just pops up. Interact with him. Like he said, he's, he is open to helping people. If you've got a question about MFL, he is the guy to go to hit him up. If you've got questions for me about the podcast, you know, hit me up. I am happy to interact and hear about how I'm doing. Uh, we are still always looking for, Twitter reviews, you know, send us a review of something that you found funny that happened on Twitter. I am not on there all the time. I don't like missing stuff that's funny and finding out about it later. Send us those. You participated in the beer mock, right? Yes. Yeah. So no, no, like, not the beer mock. Sorry, not the beer mock. The sandwich. Oh, you were a sandwich mock. Okay. So that, that kind of stuff, I find that just, I find it entertaining. So, but if anybody misses it, you know, you want to be able to go back and search it. So one goal I have here is to always kind of bring those kinds of things out too. If you've got a review of another podcast, there are tons of them now. I hate it when I tune into episode five of a podcast. I like to know as soon as there's episode one. So if you've got that, let me know. Send us a little audio clip of a review. It might make the show. I appreciate y'all tuning in tonight. We will be back again with another episode soon. Thank you very much. This is going to be a simple competition, just a $5 buy-in. It isn't about the money, though winning it would be nice. There's going to be 17 people in this competition. Each week, the lowest score is going to be eliminated. So you don't have to be the best every week. You just don't want to be the worst. There'll be 85 bucks in the pot. We'll give 60 to first place, 20 to second, and third place will get their $5 entry back. So how do you get an invite into this competition? It's pretty easy. Go ahead and review the podcast on iTunes. Make sure you leave your Twitter handle in your review. And then also retweet this episode out so that other people can hear it. Watch for future posts from at Kamish Talk blog and retweet those articles out as well. That's it. I'll be watching for those and we will fill up the competition with people who simply give rates and reviews and retweets to spread this insanity. Thanks a lot.